forever yours, Jesus. Forever yours. So, Jesus, we, we just agree that the price that you paid was enough. Paid for in full. We are paid for in full. Yours forever. Nothing can separate us from your love. Nothing. Amen. Hasn't this been good? I'm telling you, you who have, um, how do I say this? Paid the extra price. What I mean is, I'm not talking about the 20 or $25. I'm talking about you're choosing, I'm hungry enough to be here. Um, promise you, the more you have a heart like that, the more you get in the kingdom. That's that it. God's going to bless all of his kids because he's a good father. But to those who want more, he has so much more. So uh, I'm so glad you're here experiencing all this with us. And uh, this afternoon, we get to hear from Dano. Dano is a, a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, and, and someone I'm super uh, proud to know and be associated with and run alongside of. Um, Dano is uh, he's a, a pastor over at the Mission in Vacaville. Most of you probably know that. So he and uh, Regina, his wife, and the Crones and others are just doing awesome things over there in, in Vacaville. There's these hot spots everywhere. You know, I just want you to know that, like, Reading isn't the vortex of the world. I mean, it's awesome and all. And we bless them because they're amazing. But there are some other hot spots around. The mission in Vacaville is one of them. And... Um, and so anyway, Dano, uh, he's got this childlike heart that is very um, <laughs> contagious. And uh, But I'll tell you what, he doesn't teach like a child because he's got some amazing wisdom and just awesome revelations. So would you welcome and honor Dano McCollum? All right. Praise the Lord. Well, it's great to be with you. I'm going to just make you aware of some of the resources we have, and then we're going to get right into it. Um, right into something. <laughs> right into something. No, this is great. This will be fine. Okay, I just came from the School of the Prophets in Reading, and uh, we had a great school this year. It was really, really amazing. Uh Dr. Mark Sharona was with us, too, at this school, and he did this seven-minute deliverance. that <laughs> was just the most amazing thing I've ever seen, so I'm going to try and get that DVD. But these are two of the messages that I did from uh, School of the Prophets, uh, and we actually have them on discount back there because they're only 30 minutes each uh, long, so they're five dollars a piece, whereas normally the singles are ten back there at our, our table. So this is about prophetic culture and identity, and also understanding your metron. Metron is your sphere of influence. Your gift works everywhere, but it works best somewhere, and it's that whole teaching on uh, on this piece. So, oh, I'm just gonna give that to you, man. Yeah, bless you. I felt it. Come on, there it was awesome. Okay, we have a lot of music back there. Sitting on the front row is uh, uh, our Africa director for Sounds of the Nations. So I also have the privilege of overseeing a missions organization called Sounds of the Nations, where we raise up the original sounds of worship in nations all over the world, help them write original songs that we feel 
you know, what is the Lord saying over your city, over your people, over your nation? And, and what would that sound like? And helping them restore their sounds many times in places. So we have many of those recordings back there from all around the world. Rob oversees the Africa as well as works in uh, places uh, all over the world with us. And uh, uh, his Zulu band in Africa was just nominated for the equivalent of the Grammy Award in South Africa. <laughs> for best gospel album of the year and and the Kosa band last year was the most requested song on Christian radio as well uh, so he has some of those products back there along with some uh, orphan choirs from Heidi Baker and other places uh, and we just feel there's a real powerful anointing on that there's also music from India back there Romania uh, Philippines and other places around the world this is a brand new uh, a series that we're doing called uh, Sounds of the Nation's Tribal. And what this is, is um, instead of a real produced sound, this is recordings from out in the bush. Like this is when you get out into the real thing right there. And uh, and I don't know, I just have a love for the raw stuff sometimes. You know, things are so polished and beautiful. But also you just want to hear the raw worship things. And so I think this has some of the orphan uh, uh, orphan recordings on it, but it's also got a dump church from South Africa. You know how Heidi Baker goes into these uh, huge dumps, and so do Georgie and Winnie and Banoff, and and so we work with a church there in South Africa, dump church, and uh, recorded their choir as well, and uh, it's just got some really cool stuff on it. So who likes the raw tribal stuff? Who said I love it? You said that. All right, bless you. <laughs> yeah. And uh, this is a teaching, this isn't on healing, but it's one of the fun healing testimonies. I was teaching on the seven Hebrew words for praise, uh, because there's always arguments over how we should worship, you know, is it your way, is it my way, but ultimately it's Yahweh, that's, that's what matters. And, uh, and, he, and he is actually, there's over 54 words that express praise and worship in the Bible, but seven Hebrew words are repeated many, many times. And the one that's repeated the most is the word halal, which basically means to freak out for God, just totally lose yourself. Um, that's the one that's repeated the most times. Well, I was teaching this in a Filipino church down in L.A., and a guy that was a uh, in a wheelchair for 12 years jumped out of his wheelchair and started dancing and spinning down the aisle and just halaling the Lord. So I wish it was a video, but it's audio. You can hear everybody freaking out, screaming, shouting. It has a real healing anointing on it as well as a great teaching on worship. Sure, this lady right here. Come on around. I don't want to, I'm not trying to build healing business here. All right, bless you. And uh, then we've got some new books back there. Um, my wife's book is back there, which is, uh, she did a photo expose in, um, in the Redwoods, Redwood Forest, uh, because Redwoods are an incredible picture of community. And then she did a paraphrase of Romans chapter 12 that came out of a Bible study she did for over a year and a half just studying nothing but Romans chapter 12. And they paraphrased it through all the Greek studies and research texts, and, and they matched the paraphrase to uh, pictures that represent community within the Redwood Forest. That's back there. Uh, my brand new book that we just used at School of the Prophets, uh, Basic uh, Training and Prophetic Activations, takes you through 60 activations to, uh, to train up your own prophetic gifting, all kinds of Bible studies, testimonies, things like that. It's great for small groups. 
Great for supernatural schools, great for individual study. You can check that out. There's a book back there called Physics of Heaven that I had the privilege of doing with uh, people like Ray Hughes and David Vancouverine and Larry Randolph and Jonathan Welton and Bill and Benny Johnson. And, and so I have a chapter in there about the God vibrations. It's called The Physics of Heaven. And uh, I actually love that book. Some of you that are physicist kind of people, David Vancouverine has a chapter in the back about how Lucifer's name means light bearer. And he believes, well, physicists believe that the speed of the light has slowed down um, several times throughout history. But he believes that the first time the speed of light slowed down is when the light bearer fell. And uh, actually that the upper bandwidths of the electromagnetic spectrum are the glory realms. And so when the light bearer fell, then then some of the glory was lost. Some of the access to the glory was lost. And then when man fell, who was the light of the earth, more of the upper spectrum was lost. And then in Isaiah, when he says, arise and shine for your light has come, he's talking about the restoration of your upper bandwidth to tap into the glory realms. So just like just for that chapter, it's, it's worth the book back there. So it's called the physics of heaven. Yeah. Um, these are, uh, I also do the worship school up there in Reading, and, and we also train on worship all around the world, and, and uh, this are, these are two of our books uh, that we've reprinted. Uh, the Worship Writer's Guide gives you 14 techniques for writing worship songs, seven melodic, seven lyrical, and then Finding Your Song takes you through, uh, this is a great, Finding Your Song is a great book for if you're a songwriter and stuck, or if you've never written a song before. Um, it'll take you through the steps of writing your first song, really finding your song, all that kind of stuff. So you've had your hand up back there for a while. I'm going to give both of these to you, all right? So this is the whole songwriter set right there. Bless you. Okay, I need to find out. I was planning on doing um, a few things, and then, and then I'm trying to kind of figure out what would be best for you. How many of you would consider yourselves beginners in the topic of healing? In other words, you don't know much about it. Uh, biblically, historically, whatever, uh, or or have not experienced a lot of uh, the ministry of healing personally. Uh, be in no way be embarrassed. Just just let me know. I'm just kind of getting to know our crowd. Okay, so that's about that's about a dozen people. And so then, are the rest of you saying you're pretty? You would consider yourself kind of intermediate in healing, like you've experienced healing, you minister in healing, you've heard some teachings on it and know the subject pretty well. How many would say they're in that category? All right, great. And then how many are, you're, you are healing. You are the <laughs> embodiment. No, I'm teasing. Um. <laughs> Okay, so according to the raise of hands, we're mostly advanced and some beginners, um, which that'll work great for where I feel like we're going to go today. Um, Carol made a reference. Wasn't that great this morning? I love hearing Carol. I will just say some of the greatest miracles I've seen in the world are when I've been with Bill and Carol Dew. And uh, one of the reasons I do healing conferences with them, healing schools with them, I block out my schedule to do three or four of these a year because I'm after the upgrade all the time. Like, 
the scripture says we're going from glory to glory with ever increasing glory. And I believe hanging around with people who give themselves to, to wholeness, to, to seeing people broke free of everything that the enemy would try to bind them with is just part of coming into the upgrade. So I just love hanging out with you guys. You're amazing. And, and so is Blazing Fire Church. Even if you're not from here, you, I'm sure you can feel the atmosphere that... This is kind of one of those everything but snakes churches, you know. Um, <laughs> all I mean by that is lots of freedom, but still good theology. <laughs> Our church is like that too, so I feel very at home. All right, I think we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 12 because Carol made reference to this passage today. And uh, this would be kind of an intermediate topic on healing. Now, if you are a beginner, I have two of our beginner titles back there. Uh, there's a two-part CD on healing, which the first CD is a teaching why I believe in healing. If you don't know why you believe in healing, like the true foundations of the scripture, of the cross, of, of God's nature and character, of the gifts of the spirit that God gave to the church, of the his, history of the church, all those kind of things. I build that whole concept in that CD. The second CD, we may do something with um, this this weekend before it's over, but I talk about the ways that God heals, that it's not just through power, it's also through authority and also through wisdom. And we cover those three categories of power, authority, and wisdom. Jesus in the scripture, when it says that his power healed the sick, uh, about half the times in scripture, it's talking about dunamis power or a supernatural gift. And the other half, it's talking about exousia power, which is supernatural authority. And you have to know when to use authority and when to use power. And then also God heals by wisdom as well. And we might touch on that a little bit this week. But again, if you want to get those foundations, those are back there in a two CD set called, I don't know, healing something. Um, so just check that out. It's really good. All right. First Corinthians 12, four to six, uh, says there's different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service or administration, but the same Lord. And there are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. All right. The teaching of first Corinthians 12 on spiritual gifts, uh, many people consider that there's th three classifications of gifts in Scripture at least. There may be more, but Romans chapter 12, many people call the motive gifts or the redemptive gifts. Uh, and, and those are things like serving and giving and administration and, and government and, and those type of, of motivations behind how we uh, do life and how we do our faith. And then there are the uh, ministry gifts which are the Ephesians chapter 4, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist, whose purpose is to release grace into the saints, to train them and equipping them to come to the stature of the full measure that's in the person of Christ Jesus. And then you have the... Uh, then you have the manifestation gifts, which are in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So we have the motive gifts, the ministry gifts, and the manifestation gifts. Motive gifts in Romans 12... Uh, ministry gifts in Ephesians 4 and 
the manifestation gifts in 1 Corinthians 12. And these are what are often called the nine gifts of the Spirit. And we call them manifestation gifts because it says all of these are manifested for the common good. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we understand that God gives everyone a gift, at least a gift, one of these nine gifts of the Spirit. So I guarantee you have one of these nine already. All right, you have one of these nine gifts of the spirit already, and um, so I call those inspired gifts because God chooses which one He gives and who He gives it to, and many times that matches your personality, it matches your call, it matches um, your your assignment in life. God matches to you a primary gifting. Now. Obviously, we can flow in all the gifts of the Spirit. I totally believe we can. But you're always going to have primary gifts, and one of the reasons is so that we'll need each other. God loves us to be community, and he loves us to work together, and we are a body, and we are more complete together than we are apart. I remember when I was... Uh, I was doing a healing, I was doing healing lines many years ago when my oldest son, he's 25 now, but when he was 14, I found out he was a seer, well, has gift of discerning of spirits that is visual. So he, he literally sees into the spirit. So one day, you know, I, I find this out. He's like, oh, oh, I see things. And I'm like, well, what do you see? Well, like angels and demons and stuff. And I'm like, well, what do they look like? He goes, depends on what kind they are. He's 14. He's like this tall, too. You know what I mean? He's not a big 14-year-old. And, um, and I'm like, what do you mean? What, what, what do you mean, what kind? And he goes, well, you know, like a afflicting spirit kind of looks like a little monkey or an imp with these four-inch claws. And, a, you know, a, an unclean spirit kind of looks like a really mean homeless person. And, uh, you know, and he starts going through the rank and file of all these demonic spirits and what they look like. And I'm going, I know he didn't learn this in Sunday school. You know what I mean? And there's not a book on this. Like... I'm, how do you know all this? And he goes, well, I just see things and ask God what they are. And he tells me. I'm like, teach me, teach me. You know what I'm saying? So I started doing, when I would do prayer lines, I would have him start walking behind me. He didn't really like to pray for people. But he'd just walk behind me with his hand on my shoulder. And, uh, and I'd come to somebody and go, oh, Dad, that one has handcuffs on. I'm like, like he'd whisper it in my ear. So it wasn't, I'm like, handcuffs, huh? What do I do? He's like, well, cut them off. So I'm like, okay, yeah, you know. And they'd be healed. And it was like, that's cool. You got anything else? You know what I mean? And just going down the line. And it was so fun to use the combination of gifts. So I get to somebody who goes, oh, they have a hood on their head. A hood. Okay, what do I do? Well, pull it off. I'm like, good idea. (laughs) You know, pull it off, boom, they're healed. You know, this is fun. This is like, this is this makes it easy when we get to team up in our giftings. And so one of the reasons we have primary is so that we can be a body. One of the reasons we have primary giftings is so we can focus on that gifting because it matches our personality, it matches our assignments, it matches the authority and the favor that God has given us. Uh, but but also definitely so that we can be a community and work together. So there are inspired gifts that God has chosen for us. But there's also acquired gifts. At the end of that chapter, 1 Corinthians 12, it says, Now earnestly desire the greater gifts. 
Then you go through the whole 1 Corinthians 13 that explains they should all be by love. And then 1 Corinthians 14, when it picks it up again, it says, Now follow the way of love, but earnestly desire the greater gifts, especially that you might prophesy. Now, the only reason I draw attention to that is chapter 12 ends with this emphasis of, Yeah, but you can go after other gifts. And then make sure you're doing it in love, chapter 13. But when 14 starts again, it says it again. Go after the greater gifts. That means that you have inspired gifts, but you can also get acquired gifts. All right? God wouldn't say earnestly desire gifts, but I'm not going to give them to you. Right? Earnestly desire the greater gifts. You can go after other giftings um, in your life. And one of the things that fascinates me about this whole teaching of there are different kinds of gifts, there are different kinds of administration, there are different kinds of workings, or like Carol preached, energy, uh, that, that, uh, how that energy is expressed through your life or the, or the God-energized uh, force within you. But there are different kinds, different kinds, different kinds. I call this the three-dimensional nature of spiritual gifts. And I'm, I'm truly convinced that there are at least uh, three dimensions of these uh, giftings. I have a CD back there on the prophetic implications of that. But today I want to talk a little bit about the healing uh, implications of that. And the first, the first dimension is just different kinds of gifts that that each one has different gifts that are primary, again, to you. And many times you don't recognize what your gift is because it feels so natural that it doesn't feel super. You know what I mean? You like Most of the times that you're missing the supernatural is because it feels so natural to you that you don't think it's super. And so it's just learning, actually, how God is speaking to you in all of those different ways. So if you're if you have lots of visions and dreams and imaginations like you just might think that everybody's like that. You don't know that that's some kind of prophetic gift or you know you see things in the spirit and discerning of spirits or something like that or or sometimes like you know what's in somebody's heart or what the motive is behind it. It's not suspicion. It's not judgment. You just know it. And, and it's discerning of spirits. And you think everybody's like that. You don't realize that that's your specialty. Like that's your forte. That's your primary gifting that God has put upon your life. And so there are all these different giftings that you have primacy in. And usually the reason you don't recognize them is because they feel so natural to you. And one of the great challenges of acceleration in the kingdom life is discovering what those things are. Like, it's not trying to get God to speak to you. It's figuring out the ways that he's already speaking to you. All right? Remember Samuel? First time he heard God, it sounded so much like his priest, like his mentor, that he couldn't recognize it was God. And in the same way, God is speaking to you all the time in ways that seem so natural to you, many times you don't realize it's God. But when you realize it's God, then you can start doing intentionally what you've done intuitively, and that's how you achieve acceleration. All right? You're like, oh, that's God. And he, okay, so we put these things together and boom, you start achieving acceleration. So, this is the after lunch uh, crowd, and you guys are already looking a little sleepy, all right? So uh, I want you to stretch your hands out right now, because I think there's a grace in here in this moment to identify ways that God is speaking to you, and also the primacy of gifts upon your life. 
And, uh, and not only that, I think I have a grace to release that kind of understanding. All right? So, Holy Spirit, right now, we thank you that you are so generous with your gifts. You've given everyone in this room superpowers. Lord, you've given everyone in this room specialties that the rest of us can treasure and learn from. But, Father, so many times we've relegated them to the natural realm or, or just us. We're just like, oh, that's just me. But, Father, now I cut those ties of ignorance in Jesus' name. I, I cut those, those ties of blindness and ignorance where we haven't seen because it seems so natural to us. And, Father, I pray that you'd open up the eyes of our understanding. Whew. Lord, right now, open up the eyes of our understanding to see our primary gifting, our primary graces. I just cut off the blindness in Jesus' name. I pull the hood off your head. I just pull that off. Come on. You don't need that thing in here. We just pull off any ignorance, any inability to see, any shroud or cloud of confusion or or even what uh, what Carol was speaking about, of, about feeling unworthy. Come on. We just pull that hood off. In Jesus' name, we release you into understanding and grace concerning your primary gifts and how the Lord is speaking to and through you for the glory of God, for the manifestation of his purposes and his pleasure in you and through you. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. So, first of all, yeah, there's different kinds of gifts. That's the first dimension, okay? But the second dimension. And, and when we talk about different kinds of gifts, we're mainly talking about these nine gifts, uh, which are listed in, in, uh, first Corinthians 12. So let me just hit them real quickly. These are my own definitions. So I'll just give you that warning. I have opinions. Sometimes I preach a theology and sometimes I preach opinions and this is a mixture. Okay. This is the theological list in the Bible and my opinion of what they are. Okay. So you have to sort that out. Word of wisdom is revealing the wise counsel or action of heavenly origin. All right. The, the word of wisdom is, is God revealing wise counsel of, or action that is of a heavenly origin. So this is not just being a wise person. This is like getting wisdom that you had usually had no prior knowledge in. Okay. Like it's not like you studied this and you know it because you know, your streetwise, your experience, it's like you just know a wise course, a wise counsel. Wise, and you've probably had this happen. Have you ever been counseling somebody and something brilliant came out of your mouth and you tried not to act surprised? Come on, have you had that happen? Like something just amazing. You're like, you know what you should do? You should, and you're thinking, I'm going to write that down. Like as soon as I get out of here, I'm going to write that down because that's amazing. And I've never heard that before. Like, I know I didn't read that in a book. I didn't even hear that on a Bill Johnson podcast. Like, I think I got that from God. That's amazing. What was that? That was a word of wisdom. 
Okay, so it's wise counsel, wise course of action of heavenly origin. And then word of knowledge is revealing unknowable information for the common good. All right, it's revealing unknowable information for the common good, not people's dirty laundry, you know, but the good stuff. Okay, the the good, the treasure, the the light, the praiseworthy, the virtuous. And then uh, gift of faith. I believe gift of faith. See, everyone has a measure of faith. Do you know that the measure of faith, I think there's a lot of confusion about this. And especially in healing, people are like, do I have enough faith for this person to get healed? Wait a minute. That's not how, that's not what God was talking about when he was talking about the size of your faith. I hope you know this. Okay, why? Because God has given to each one a measure of faith. So God gave you enough faith. You already have enough faith. It was a gift. Right? The measure of your faith is not how much you have. The measure of your faith is how much you are expecting from what you have. And there's a huge difference. All right? There's a huge difference. I like to compare it to packing a lunch. All right? If I am going to, if I'm eating lunch by myself, I must, I might just stick an apple and a granola bar in my briefcase. You know what I'm saying? But if my kids are coming along, then I have to have like drink boxes and cookies and, you know, chips, things that wouldn't be in there otherwise. And if my wife is coming along, then throw all that away. We're just going to start over. You know what I'm saying? Like there's got to be something green in there. First of all, there's got to be some kind of salad and, 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 you know, now we'll actually use utensils and plates or something. Why? Because I am packing according to the expectation of the one I'm going to serve or minister to. Okay? What happens is many times you're only receiving at a personal level. You're not receiving according to the level you want to give. Do you hear what I'm saying? You're receiving at a personal level. You're receiving enough for you. But you're not receiving enough for your family. You're not packing for your whole family. You're just packing for you. That's the measure of your faith. That's the measure of your faith. That's the size of its application. It's kind of like this. Like people tell me all the time they have million dollar faith. Like I have faith for a million dollars. I'm like, awesome. At what level is it exercised? Okay. At, w- at what level is your faith exercised? Because I, I totally believe you have million dollar faith, but, but that's its potential. That's not where it's at right now. Where is it at right now? Like how much can you believe God for right now and pretty consistently see an answer? How much do you sow at and give at? That might be an indication of where your faith is actually at. So million dollar faith is the potential of your faith. But what's the actual? Like right now, at what level are you exercised? See, some people are like trying to enter the Olympics without without doing any training. And the Bible speaks against that. It says everybody who wants to win goes into training. That's why you guys are here. 
You're in training for what you want to accomplish in this area of healing. That's awesome. That's going to enlarge your faith right there. And I love how the scripture says, train yourself to be godly. It says physical exercise is of some benefit, but godliness has benefit for this life and for the next. And that word train is the word gymnazo, which is where we get our word gymnasium from. In other words, it's saying take your gifts to the gym and work them out. That's what it's saying. Take your gifts to the gym and work them out. Why do we do activations in our healing school? Because we're taking your gift to the gym and working it out. Because faith is a muscle. It's not how much faith you have. Don't worry about that. God gave you a gift of faith and you have uh, what you need. Even a, a mustard seed side of the size of the real thing will, will move a mountain. So that's not a problem. That's not the size of your faith. The size of your faith is the size of your expectation that is associated with your faith. How much are you believing for and how much are you ex actually exercised at that level? That's why Bill says, pray for a hundred people. Pray for a hundred blind people before you tell me that God doesn't heal the blind through you. Pray for a hundred people. What is that? That's exercise, 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 exercise until that gets normal, until that gets easy, until that becomes your breakthrough, until that becomes your normal. And it's like train yourself to be godly. All right. So everybody has a measure of faith that God has given them. He'll never criticize you about the measure of what he's given you. It's what you're doing with that measure. Littleness of faith is not about how much you have. It's about the expectation that you've attached to the size of your faith or the exercise that you've attached to your faith. It's like, yeah, you got this million dollar faith, but you've never taken it to the gym. You've never worked it out. You've never invested in that area. You've never given yourself. But again, you guys aren't doing that. You're here. But then what is the gift of faith as in 1 Corinthians 12? Because if he's already given everybody faith, what's the difference between the gift of faith? In my opinion, the gift of faith is when heaven lets you borrow, his, like Jesus lets you borrow his faith for a moment. Whew. Here, just borrow my measure. Whew. And he just puts it on you. And you feel this exhilaration of, oh my goodness, I'm sure this is going to happen. Like, there's no doubt this is going to happen. And whatever you say or do in that moment, it just happens. It's amazing. And this gift of faith is just like this, this power cloak. Can you put it on? And the wonderful thing about it is that when uh, that, that gift seems to kind of uh, um, ebb and flow, but, but when, it, when it lifts off of you, so to speak, your own faith is enlarged to a whole nother measure because once you've experienced something, it creates a gateway of expectation where now your faith is exercised at that level. So your own personal faith has been enlarged. Okay. So gift of faith and then gifts of healing. You know, that's the only one that's plural here and that's diverse manifestations of God's healing nature. And there could be a lot of reasons why it's plural, but we won't get into that today. Five is working of miracles. Now, working of miracles is one that I'm really pressing into lately because I have noticed personally. Now, this is, again, I'm, I'm learning j just like the rest of you. But, uh, but because of the type of itinerant ministry we do, we get the opportunity to pray for thousands and thousands of sick people every year. 
And, um, and you know, what a joy to get to exercise every day, you know, at that, at those kind of levels. But one of the things I've noticed is people work, working of miracles, let me just say it this way, first of all, working of miracles, I believe, is suspension of the natural order to release divine purpose, right? It's suspension of the natural order to release divine purpose. What I mean by that is when Jesus walked on water, he was suspending the laws of gravity to release the purposes of God. All right, when he multiplied the fish and the loaves, he was suspending the laws of physics to release a kingdom purpose. All right, so it's suspension of the natural order to release the divine order or the divine purpose. There is a difference between healing and working of miracles. So I've had a lot of people, um, uh, I've had a lot of people who've been praying for healing for many, many years. And uh, I have one example of this girl from, from Ohio, Heather, whose face was chopped off in a car accident, and all the muscles, all the tissue was gone in the left side of her face. They did an excellent job reconstructing, but there's no muscle, no tissue. Her left eye is blind, left ear is deaf, and her, her smile is kind of faded down on this side. I may show you some pictures of that later. Um, it's not gross. But, uh, but then uh, she'd been praying for seven years for healing, and I said, Heather... That's awesome that you've been praying for healing. Now, God is not withholding good from you or being picky or being semantic, but there's a reason that there are different gifts in the Bible. And I said, Heather, I don't mean to discourage you, but what you need is not healing because there's nothing there to heal. What you need is working of miracles, right? You can't heal what's not there. Are you with me? You can't heal what's not there. So what do we have to do? We have to suspend the natural order to release the divine purpose. That's working in miracles. And so I said, Heather, what you do is you put your hand on your face and you begin to declare, tissue, come, muscles, come, tendons, come. All right? Seven years it's been like this. And all of a sudden, the edge of her mouth begins to, to turn up. But the awesome thing is this. So I said, okay, we got a little progress. Do that every day. I said, why don't you take a picture before and after so, um, you know, we can tell how much progress you're getting. So the next day, I'm not kidding. I had flown back to California. This was Ohio. The next day I get a Facebook message from Heather. Dano, thanks so much. I did what you told me. This is the before picture. And it looks like just like when I left, like she's getting a little bit of corner there. And then she goes, this is the after picture. And she's got a full smile, full smile. And she's like, and, uh, oh, yeah, and this is me trying to close my eye, and she's like, and her eyes, you know, shooting out in space because there's no muscles to control it. And she goes, and this is after, and her eyes perfectly closed. And she goes, oh, yeah, and now I can see out of that eye and hear out of the left ear. This was 24 hours. Now, again, God's not being picky, but he put these things in the word for a reason. The scripture says we're not ignorant of his devices, but we are. You know what I mean? We're not supposed to be because it's in the Word. All right? So I was in I was in South Africa in the spring, and there was a girl there with a club foot. Uh, she was born with a club foot, and so her, her foot was only about five inches long on the left side. She was very frustrated. She'd been praying for healing for years, and I'm like, healing's great, but this is working of miracles. Like, 
you know, feet don't naturally grow back. So we have to suspend the natural law to release the divine purpose. So let's switch to working of miracles for a minute. Prayed over her foot. Boom. It grew out an inch. She screamed. She started shouting. So she needs two inches, but we got one inch in that meeting. And I just did the same thing. I just sent her home, said, now, no more praying for healing. Just pray for working of miracles to, uh, to release this. So command your foot to grow, tendons, bones grow in Jesus name. And, and again, I don't know why just praying for healing wouldn't work, but it doesn't because working of miracles comes from a different, it's a different grace. It's a different, I think it's actually more in the realm of exousia authority than it is in dunamis power. Okay, so it comes more from the declaration of authority than it does from the gift or the grace of uh, that is similar to healing. It's just my opinion, okay, but it's something worthy to be explored because I believe there's a great acceleration of the working of miracles uh, in this hour. I believe the working of miracles is also how you raise people from the dead usually. Gift of faith or working of miracles. Why? Because... The law of death, the law of sin and death is the law of, of the earth. It's the law of nature, all right? But it's not the law of heaven. The law of heaven is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus sets us free from the law of sin and death. So working of miracles is breaking or suspending the natural order, which is the law of sin and death, to release the kingdom purpose of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So the Lord's had me going around anointing uh, from time to time uh, um, what we call first response teams, which are uh, teams that raise people from the dead or, um, or pray for people to be raised from the dead. And you know what? We do it the same way. Like, don't say you can't do it till you prayed for a hundred dead people. The great thing about praying for dead people is they don't mind. They, there is no, you know, you know what I mean. There's no, there's no shame. There's no problem. There's just like, uh, it's easy, you know, and uh, and so so far, I th- I th- I think we're right at about seven people that have been raised from the dead, uh, that that we've either prayed for or anointed the people to pray for. And, um, and so we're, we're trying to increase that number all the time. But again, I believe that comes from working of miracles. And then prophecy is the encouraging, strengthening, and comforting revelation of the Father's heart. Discerning of spirits is revealing the source, um, the heavenly, the demonic, or the human source of an activity or motivation. And then tongues, of course, is speaking the Father's heart in an unknown language, uh, best suited to reveal that particular truth. And interpretation of tongues is translating the kingdom truth into the language or vernacular of the people present. Um, Now, why do I even bring this up in a healing conference? Because here we are in a healing school. Donna, why are you talking about the other nine gifts of the Holy Spirit? Because second dimension. Most people never get to the first dimension, much the sec- much less the second one. What's the first dimension? Knowing what your primary gift is, all right? You need to know what your primaries are, and you need to know, and you can have more than one, but what are your primaries, and then what are, else are you going after? What else are you pursuing? But the second dimension is why I'm talking about it in a healing school, and that is this. It says there's different kinds of gifts, but there's also different kinds of administrations. And what I mean by administration is this, or service is this. 
that you can have a gift with a service of healing. In other words, you can have a gift of faith, but your main call is healing. And so you're using gift of faith to bring about healing rather than a gift of healing to bring about healing. All right? This is actually what I believe that Smith Wigglesworth did. I don't think he had a healing gift. I think he had a gift of faith. Because every time you asked him how he did it, he goes, well, you just believe. You just believe. Well, that's what somebody with a gift of faith says. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's easy. You just believe. You just believe what God has said and you just do it. Well, yeah, that's easy to do if you have a gift of faith. You know what I mean? It, because it comes naturally to that person. And so his main form of healing was declaration. This is also why he had such demonstrative, I believe, expressions of, of healing. Like he would punch people. I don't know if you've heard about this. He would punch people. Now, if you punch people and it's not God, that's a lawsuit. But, uh, you know, this was before uh, a lot of frivolous lawsuits kind of thing. But... Um, before that time, but they asked Smith, why do you punch people? And he goes, I don't punch people. I punch the devil. I can't help it if he happens to be in people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's an operation usually of like discerning of spirits or gift of faith working together. And if it's not, if you use that as a formula, again, that's lawsuit city. But if you're actually seeing something or hearing something from God and responding to that thing, that's gift of faith, and that actually brings about a specific result. Now, gift of faith doesn't punch people. I'm just saying that that was how he manifested that gift. What am I saying? Gift of faith with a working of healing, with an administration of healing. In the same way, all right, William Branham had a word of knowledge gift with a working of healing. In other words, the primary focus of his word of knowledge was to release healing. So he would call people up and he would speak over them and say, uh, yes, you've come from a mountain region. It's Pennsylvania and you drove here uh, and you have this disease and, and your doctor's name is da-da-da-da-da. And he goes, isn't that all true? And they're like, yeah, that's amazing. And, um, and then he'd go, well, the Lord has healed you. That's what he'd say. Just the Lord has healed you. I'm going to show you some footage tomorrow night from William Branham, okay, using word of knowledge to heal people. Uh, I'll show you some footage from some of the uh, A.A. Allen and some of the different ones who used a very different style in healing, but opening blinding, blinded eyes, uh, pulling cripples out of wheelchairs, all these kind of things, because it inspires faith. Um, but that's what he would do. Was that a healing gift? Well, not really. It was a word of knowledge gift with a working of healing. You see what I'm saying? Second dimension. The healing was in the second dimension. All right? So then you have Mariah Woodworth Eder. How many of you are familiar with these people I'm talking about? Okay? You can read about them in God's Generals or uh, in many books about history of revival in the last hundred years or so. But Mariah Woodworth Eder had a gift of healing, but her working or her administration was evangelism. Like when she would heal people, she was afraid, okay, now only Christians are going to come to my meeting and nobody will get saved. And, and she was really frustrated because she knew she had this healing gift, but her passion was getting people saved. And the Lord said, no, you just keep preaching. You just keep preaching the truth and I'll make sure that the sinners come, you know. And so what did she have? She had the gift of healing 
but it had a working of evangelism or an administration of evangelism. What am I saying? That different gifts can have different workings. You can, they can have different administrations. They can have a different uh, service upon them, a different energy upon them. And that's what we're talking about is you're at a healing school and you may be sitting here going, I don't even know if I have a healing gift. I go, it doesn't matter. Because whatever gift you have will work in healing. Whatever gift you have will work in healing. Remember me telling the story about my son? He's going, oh, that one has handcuffs on. Uh, that's that's discerning of spirits. He's seen in he's visually seen into the spirit realm, and and okay, what do I do? Break them? Okay, yeah. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I don't see any handcuffs. Ha! I'm breaking that, and the person is suddenly healed. What is that? That's discerning of spirits with a working of healing. Word of knowledge with the working of healing. Word of knowledge. We were in India and our, our pastor's wife, our senior leader's wife, was having huge pain in her kidneys. She's like, I got to go back to the hotel. My kidneys hurt so bad. And I go, well, do you think it could be a word of knowledge? She goes, it feels like mine. And I'm like, well, let's try it anyway. Because if it's, if it's not, then you could get rid of this, you know. And so she interrupts her husband who was speaking and says, is there anybody here? with uh, pain, extreme pain in their kidneys. And this guy comes up who has nine tumors in his kidneys. She prays for him. He's instantly healed. And then about half a dozen other people who have uh, pain in their kidneys are also healed. And she, all her pain goes away. What is that? Word of knowledge with a working of healing. See, it doesn't matter what your primary gift is today. I mean, we can pray for you for the gift of healing. Why? Because the scripture says, earnestly desire the greater gifts. So if you already have the gift of prophecy or you already have the gift of interpretation or if you already have gift of word of knowledge, that's awesome. We can pray for you for healing. We can believe together for the increase of a gift. But hey, your primary gift can have a working in healing. Your primary gift can work in healing too, even if your main gift isn't healing. It can have a working that brings about just as much result or just as much response okay so how many are, are you tracking with me you guys all are you all with me okay so let's talk about a uh, word of wisdom and how word of wisdom can release healing in second kings chapter 20 verses 1 through 10 the prophet isaiah and king hezekiah uh king hezekiah was told that he was going to die and uh and and to get his house in order and so he cries out to the lord and he repents. He asks the Lord to heal him. And then he speaks to Isaiah and he says, go back and tell him to put a compress of figs up on the wound and he will be healed. Now, a couple things freak me out here. What was the word of the Lord? The guy is going to die because he didn't know to put figs on the wound. That just freaks me out right there. Does that freak anybody else out? Like, he's going to die because he didn't put figs on the wound. Um, the, the, the revelation is this. A word of wisdom had a working of healing. The Lord speaks to him and says, go back, tell him to put a compress of figs up on the wound, and he's going to be healed. He's going to be recovered, even after the word of the Lord was that he would die. In the same way, I believe another great increase that we're going to see in healing ministry in this generation is the word of wisdom operating in healing. 
that the Lord is going to say, you know, do this and you'll be healed. Uh, change this in your diet, you'll be healed. Change this. Now, again, you can't really do this in a healing line necessarily, okay? Because you don't want to be telling people what to do. You want to take responsibility for what happens in the moment. But all I'm saying is, like, my wife was having severe migraines. We would pray for her over and over and over again. Sometimes she'd be healed, but most of the time she wouldn't. It was very, very frustrating. One day we're just crying out to the Lord, and the Lord says, it's dietary. It's dietary. So she starts keeping a journal of what she's eating. She finds out that there's an oil called cottonseed oil that's in most processed foods that actually comes from, it doesn't come under FDA because it's used in textiles. And so there's all these textile poisons in the, uh, the cottonseed oil. And so I Google real quick. She you know, does this journal. She finds out, okay, this is the common ingredient every time I have a migraine. I Google cottonseed oil and migraines, and it pops up immediately. Um, you know, like thousands of hits. Okay, this is connected to migraines. She eliminates that from her diet and no more migraines. I mean, 20 years of this. Do you know what that is? That's healing. That's healing through a word of wisdom. That's healing through a word of wisdom. Word of wisdom can have a working of healing, and here we see it in the scripture as well. Also, word of knowledge. We already talked about William Branham and how, uh, and, and one of the purposes of word of knowledge is to create faith in the room. How many of you are already flowing in word of knowledge of healing? Like you get words like, okay, somebody's, uh, somebody's left knee, you know, needs, I feel pain in their left knee or I sense, how many are having those kind of words of knowledge already? Raise your hand if you're having that. Oh, okay. Very few. Um, we can release gift of word of knowledge. Uh, these guys are really good at it and I enjoy doing it as well. Those of you that are already flowing in word of knowledge, let me encourage you to do this. Don't keep exercising at the same level, exercise to the next level. All right. So you're getting what the pain is now ask where it is, who it is, what they look like, what their name is. All right. Don't be satisfied with the exercise of your faith that you currently have. Keep pushing the boundary a little further, a little further, a little further. I love this quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. She said, if you really want to live, do something every day that you're afraid of. If you really want to live, do something every day that you're afraid of. In other words, what happens is many people get exercise in their faith to a certain level of comfort, and then they see that level of breakthrough over and over again. There's nothing wrong with that except for that you're supposed to be going from glory to glory with ever-increasing glory. You're supposed to be increasing in this realm of faith um, as well. Like keep growing in your faith, keep expanding in your faith. Well, how do you do that? You believe for the next level. You stretch yourself to the next level. So it's not just getting what the word of knowledge is. Now I want to get who it is or what part of the room they're in or uh, what their name is or, or something like that. Stretch your gift to the next level. Okay? So those of you, you know, the majority of you in the room, raise your hand to say you're at an intermediate level. That's what I'm saying to you. Whatever you're exercised at right now, it's time to take the next step. It's time to go after the next level, the next piece of your development. Don't just keep doing the same exercise every day. 
Get on a different machine. Do a different exercise, okay? Exercise a different gift, a different grace, a, a higher level of accuracy, a higher level of clarity, a higher level of authority, but stretch yourself out. That's especially for those of you that are flowing um, in the word of knowledge. And, um, and then there is, uh, of course, the gift of faith. And the gift of faith, when Jesus said in John 5, 8, get up, pick up your mat and walk. He didn't even touch him, didn't even pray for him. That's usually gift of faith. When there's a declaration that releases healing without any kind of contact, any kind of prayer, anything like that, that's often the exercise of gift of faith. In Mark 3, 5, he said to the man with the withered hand, stretch out your hand. There was no prayer, no impartation, just a command of faith. All right, Mark 10, 50, 52, he said uh, to blind Bartimaeus, go your way, your faith has healed you. So again, when, when there's a declaration that releases healing all by itself, Often it's a gift of faith with a working of healing. And then, of course, the gifts of healing. Um, and and th- this is the one that's, that's revealed in the plural form. But things like when Jesus put his fingers in the, in the, in the deaf man's ears or uh, the healing of the deaf and the mute man in Mark 7, uh, 31 to 37. So oftentimes this is an impartation or a prayer. This is some kind of point of contact that happens in the release of the gifts of healing. We already talked a little bit about working of miracles. That's suspending the natural order to release divine purpose. And uh, we see this many times in the scripture as well. Uh, And then prophecy. How about when Jesus said over Lazarus, this sickness will not end in death. He was actually prophesying something that happens. But the place that I see prophecy probably bring the most uh, healing is in prophetic acts. Remember the sister today that we were pulling arrows out of her? Um, that is like a scene in the spirit and then a prophetic act responding to something uh, that you're sensing, seeing, or perceiving in the spirit and then doing an action uh, associated with it. So I would consider that prophecy with a working of healing as well. And discerning of spirits. Uh, remember when Jesus uh, came in Luke 13, 10 to 13, it says, On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues, and a woman there who was crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over. She could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you're set free from your infirmity. And then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Okay, some people need to just straighten up and praise God. But... uh But here it says this woman was crippled by a spirit. And so uh, many times when you're trying to minister healing and it's a spirit, nothing seems to happen. So you need discerning of spirits to be able to tell that a spirit is at the root. Why? Because a, uh, a healing that's associated with a spirit requires authority power, not dunamis power, gift or grace power. All right, so we have to know when to step out in authority and when to move 
in the grace or the gift. And that's what discerning of spirits is all about. So many examples of that. Mark 9.25, he rebuked a deaf and mute spirit and the person was healed. Luke 5.17, the power of the Lord was present for him to heal the sick. That's talking about a healing atmosphere and that also comes through discerning of spirits. Being able to discern that there's faith in the room. Being able to discern that there's a special anointing for healing or atmosphere of healing in the room. Many examples. Um, and then uh, tongues. Are tongues ever used as a gift of healing? Well, um, I've certainly seen it in emotional healing and spiritual healing. I remember one time in Mexico that uh, we were ministering in a large team and there were only three interpreters. And this huge line of people came forward with needs and this tall Texan guy, he didn't know what to do. So he just laid hands on a lady and started speaking in tongues. It's not usually how we train people, but all of a sudden a, uh, the interpreter came running up and he goes, why didn't you tell me you spoke in Spanish? And he goes, I don't speak Spanish. And he said, you just told this woman everything that's happened in her life since she was three years old in perfect Spanish. And all he was was speaking in tongues with his hand on her. And she was totally emotionally healed. I don't know if she had a physical need or not, but she was totally set free. We know that Smith Wigglesworth used to speak in tongues and interpret over people all the time. And, uh, and see them healed. But there are times when the Lord can have you speak to someone's need in their own language. I remember, this isn't a healing situation, but uh, casting out a demon one time. Uh, I was in India, and this little girl was demon-possessed, and she was pretty violent, and her eyes would roll back and kind of, I'm not going to give the devil any more glory, but it was weird. And, uh, and at one point she turns to me and in a man's voice in perfect English. Now I was having a really hard time getting this demon out. It was taking a long time and I don't have a very good attention span. So it was getting frustrating for me. And, um, and so, uh, finally this little girl, her eyes kind of roll back. And then this man's voice in perfect English, it goes, you can't have her. And I go, you speak English <laughs> to the demon. The girl didn't speak any English, but the demon did. And so I'm like, this is awesome. So I let the interpreter take a break because I was trying to cast out a demon through an interpreter and it was taking forever. And so let the interpreter take a break and I started talking to the demon in English, got it out, and then we could minister to the girl. And uh, it was awesome. So that's kind of an example of tongues in reverse, <laughs> you know, happening. But then uh, also interpretation of tongues. Remember that interpretation of tongues is equal to prophecy. That uh, if if somebody speaks a, a, in tongues, there has to in public there has to be an interpretation. Now we have seen people uh, sing in tongues or speak in tongues to people and uh, seen them healed or or respond to that. But the whole idea today is this, that God has already equipped you, all right? No matter what your primary gift is, God has already equipped you and given you the ability for that gift to have a working and healing. But not only that, whatever your primary gifts are, you can also go after other gifts. So you can add them to your arsenal. You might have heard me talking about a gift today and you're like, that's awesome. I want I want that one. Well, that's great. Earnestly desire it. Go after. Remember how Carol said today that Bill was flowing in all that healing. She was getting frustrated. And, and you know, then he said, well, are you asking? 
Are you asking? Well, what is asking? It's earnestly desiring. It's calling on the name of the Lord. And so you can have a release of acquired gifts that you haven't had before in your life. But at the same time, I want to see your gifts that are primary in your life. I want to see them have a working of healing. I want to see you get into the second dimension where prophecy isn't just about prophecy, but prophecy can have a working of healing in your life, where words of knowledge can have a working of healing, where gift of faith can have a working of, of healing. I want to see us stretch forth our muscles in the working of miracles, where we begin to suspend what's naturally possible to release what's absolutely impossible, what defies the whole natural order or the natural realm, all right? Because this, that's the second dimension. Then what is the third dimension? We're not going to get into that today, but uh, but I'll just say it in a very simple form where uh, she was talking about the different workings or the different energies or the different operations, okay? And what that really refers to is both the ways that you hear or the ways that you perceive, the ways that you receive that information, and then also how you release that information so that can be really really different i'll just give you an example like somebody can have a a a discerning of spirits and for one person the operation is visual like they see spirits okay for somebody else they can have the discerning of spirits but it has a different energy a different operation and that can be they can smell angels and demons and I've actually smelled spirits of death before. And, and, and you can, man, sometimes you know that it's a demon spirit through the discerning of smelling. Um, I've never seen, um, well, uh, not like see or see. I've never seen in that way. But I have smelled. I have discerned through that way. Well, that's a different operation. That's a different dimension of the same gifts. So you can see, you can smell, you can hear, you can perceive in your gut. You, there can just be a knowing in your internal, you know, you get disturbed when you're around this person, all those kind of things. So there's different kinds of energies, of operations, of workings, of expressions of these different gifts. And so I believe that God wants you to walk in the fullness of the Spirit. And the fullness of the Spirit, again, comes from this understanding, okay, what are my primary gifts? Like, what comes to me easily? What What is that primary gifting in my life? And then what is the primary service that it has or administration that it has? And I'm assuming that most of you in this room, because you came to a healing school, have at least a call or a high interest level in the ministry of healing. And so I'm saying your gift, no matter what it is, can work in this area of healing. And then we will have different operations. Like you talk to people. I, you know, I get frustrated when I talk to seers. I'm like, you know, because you just feel clueless. Does anybody else feel clueless? Like, you, what, all this is going on, like all around. And, and like, how can the rest of us be so unaware? that all this other stuff is happening in the room, you know, but at the same time, we've had amazing things happen in the realm of, of hearing, of hearing angels sing and instruments play and all kinds of things. Heard the Lord sing over me, heard the great cloud of witnesses one time, you know, that kind of deal. Well, we have different operations of those 
same giftings. And so what we want to see is the expansion. What we want to see is the abundance. What we want to see is the fullness of this. And how does that happen? Again, it happens through exercise. It's, it happens through awareness of understanding what these gifts are. It happens with this intentionality. But I feel like there are many people in the room who would probably disqualify themselves, maybe say, well, I don't have a healing gift. You know, I, I want, really want healing, but I don't think I have a healing gift. Well, again, you can earnestly desire that gift, but you can also take the one that you have. And it'll work in healing. It'll work powerfully in healing. I see Jesus really manifesting just about all of these gifts. Obviously, we didn't have tongues and interpretation because that was poured out uh, on the day of Pentecost after the resurrection of Christ. But we do see all these other gifts working um, in his life to bring about healing, freedom, and deliverance for other people. So... Um, Let's let's just exercise a little bit um, in this area of word of knowledge. We're going to go back to this one for a moment because it's it's so easily uh, attached to this area of healing. Um, no, let's don't. Let's go to prophetic. Let's go to prophetic actions. Okay. So um, I want to go back to what we did with this lady today, where we pulled the arrows. Um, out of her side. Um, I have seen so many people healed uh, through some of those kind of prophetic acts of perceiving something or hearing something, sensing something, or literally seeing it in the spirit and then doing something that responds to that. What is that whole realm? Well, in my opinion, the scripture talks about um, that the shield of faith extinguishes the fiery darts of the enemy in Ephesians chapter 6, that it's part of your armor, that faith can extinguish the fiery darts. You know, I have found that much of the language in Scripture that seems to be poetic is actually literal. You know, that many things that look like they might just be kind of poetic, metaphor-type thing that they oftentimes are literal. So in the book of Proverbs, it talks about how th the uh, person who says, I was only kidding, but they're saying harsh words. It says, it's like the one who is throwing firebrands, arrows, and death. It says, the words of a talebearer are like wounds that go deep into the innermost being. And so there's all kinds of scriptures about arrows, about daggers, about um, about darts, about different things that are impacting people's physical body, and we see that again in in, in Proverbs. We see that um, in some of the um, uh, writings of Paul, and then we see little glimpses that could be that in the ministry of Jesus as well. Let me just give you some opinions and some tendencies. That I've seen. There are times when people will have back injuries that are very focalized, like there is a specific point to their pain. All right? So it's not pain all over. It's usually not even in the spine, but it's just in some part of their back and it's localized or focal point in a specific area. That many times when it's on the back, it comes from something that is being spoken about that person in secret, right? 
It's in the back. It's like a firebrand. It's like an arrow. It's like a death. It can be something that has been... Uh, uh, something that has been launched verbally against somebody. Now, there could be totally other applications as well, but the scripture does say that the power of life and death is in the tongue, and, uh, and we know that that is very literal as well. And so many times when we pull those arrows out, we perceive that there is a special point of pain. Many times we prayed, nothing seems to happen. We reach it. We reach over, pull out a dagger kind of thing or pull out an arrow kind of thing and that person will instantly be healed. We've seen that over and over and over again. That's a prophetic act or gift of prophecy with a working of healing. Might even have a little bit of discerning of spirits in it. All right, but let's practice this right now. Does anybody have those kind of pains specifically on their back in a specific... In one specific area, you feel like, wow, this could be like a dart or this could be an arrow. This could be something like that. And if so, I want to give it a try. So if you have that, would you just stand up um, right now? Or if you're not able to stand, you can wave your hand at us and um, and we'll just send somebody over. So you have pain in your back. Could be in your shoulder blades. A lot of times it'll be in the shoulder blade area as well that has a specific point to it. It's very uh, localized. It's very um, focused on a specific area. Anybody else have that? Okay. Super. Okay. Not that we're rejoicing in your pain. We're not, but we're glad we get to practice and see you healed at the same time. That's really fun. Okay. So um, here's the thing that I've learned about prophetic acts. When you go to the death of Elisha, the double portion prophet. You have this example of the king comes to him. I think it was King Jehoiakim. And he said, uh, my father, my father, the horses of Israel. And I mean, the chariots of Israel and the horses thereof. And it was really code for, dude, you're about to die. And I want your anointing. I can't explain all that, but that's really what he means. It was like prophetic code. Dude, you're about to die. And I want your anointing. And he goes, okay, here's an arrow. Shoot this out the window. He shoots it out the window. He said, that's the arrow of the Lord's victory. Now you're going to have victory over this uh, battle. He's like, cool. He goes, okay, that's the arrow of the Lord's victory. He goes, now strike these arrows to the ground. And the guy kind of struck him casually like, you're so weird. He struck it three times, just tunk, tunk, tunk. And Elisha gets mad. And he goes, you should have struck it seven times. Then you would have had complete victory over your enemies. And it's like, how was I supposed to know this? You know, how was I supposed to know it? Um, but then it says, and Elisha died, <laughs> okay? So he never got the chance to pass off that double portion anointing. Why? Because the guy couldn't see the way that he saw. Okay, to have what he had, you have to be able to see the way that he saw. And so what I'm saying about this is when you do it, you can't really do it casually. You can't just kind of tap the arrows to the ground like, well, if this works, you know, or whatever, I'll give this a try. I mean, occasionally God will honor something like that, but usually it has to be an expression of your faith, where you do it with faith, you do it with passion, you do it with unction, okay? So when we pull out these arrows, we don't just kind of go, you know what I mean? Like we really grab a hold of it and try and get a sense of having a hold of the arrow. I, uh, 
Carol tells a story about somebody who actually felt it, you know, felt the arrow in their hand the first time they tried this. I've never felt it before, but it has been at times more real than feeling. You know what I mean? Just this strong sense. And then, man, you yank that thing out. And then there have even been times where it felt like, okay, pour something in, pour some oil, pour some healing, you know, put something on that. But again, we're just following the promptings of the Holy Spirit. My point is this, that when you do it, you have to do it with faith, not with like suspicion or caution or, you know, I'm looking silly or self-consciousness. None of those kind of things. No, you do it with faith. You do it with, with confidence. You do it with action, you know, and you just respond to how the Holy Spirit is leading you. Okay, so we've got... Are, do you have this too? Do you have pain in a specific? Okay, great. Uh, because it's going. <laughs> That's the only reason it's great. All right, so we have five up here. So I need one volunteer with each of these people that have never done this before. Okay? So I need one volunteer to go stand by each one of these people. Don't be afraid. This is like the easiest prayer model you will ever have right here is um, uh, all you have to do is yank. That's like... It doesn't get any easier than this. Okay, don't do it yet, though. Hang on just a moment. We just want to get with someone with each one. Super. Okay, great. So, first of all, it's fine to, in a moment, if you want to, you can ask the people, the person, where it is, where that specific pain is. But you can also, when you step up there, see if you can perceive where it is. All right? See if you can see it or perceive it or sense it. That kind of thing. Okay, so before you ask them, you might just want to see. And then you can ask, all right? And many times it'll confirm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly where I thought it was. All right, what's that going to do? That's going to build your faith some more. That's going to encourage that exercise, you know, as you do that. And I love those kind of things because um, what's happening in me when I'm perceiving those kind of things, is my confidence that this person is going to be instantly healed is just constantly rising in that scenario. All right? So, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you've given us all these different gifts. And, uh, Lord, we thank you that simple actions like go wash in the River Jordan and you'll be healed. Wash seven times. Or go show yourself to the priest and you'll be healed. Or take up your mat and walk and you'll be healed. It's like, Lord, these simple actions, either on our part or on somebody else's part, are releasing your divine power and your divine influence over them. So, Lord, make us spiritually aware to what you're doing right now. And we ask that you just release your power and grace through prophetic acts in Jesus' name. Okay? Now, um, don't forget to see if you can perceive it or see it first. All right? Just kind of ask the Lord. You might want to close your eyes or open your eyes, whatever you do to perceive. And then go ahead and ask them where the pain specifically is. Okay? Ask them where that pain is localized. What is the point of their pain? All right? And then you're going to get a hold of it right where that place is. This is my assistant, Rob. So if it was like right there in his shoulder, I'm going to like grab a hold of that. And don't just like grab and yank. Like get your spirit engaged with this. Like sometimes I'll just kind of take a hold of it for a moment and go, all right, in the name of Jesus, whew, and I'll yank it out. And again, if the Lord has you do anything else. Now, if you're going to do something in any way, uh, 
<laughs> that's going to involve the other person, then you might need to ask permission first. You know, like uh, don't start doing other things to their body without their permission. All right, just yanking arrow is all we're going to do at this point. All right, um, uh, but. We're going to invite you to do that here in just a moment. Kind of get a sense of where it is. Get your hand on it. Yank it out. And the beautiful thing is many times when we do that prophetic act, that person is just instantaneously healed. We haven't prayed. We haven't done anything else. Why? Because that is very real. Like it's not even symbolic. That is a real thing just that's existing in a different dimension than how we perceive reality. All right? So there's something very, very real happening that is attached to that particular attack. All right, so you guys, go ahead when you're ready, yank the arrow, and then check in with them. And if the Lord has you do anything else, you know, if you're just laying your hand on there or pouring something in, you can do that. You know, something that doesn't intrude upon there person um but otherwise if you sometimes in that wound you just want to release the healing now just release the flow of the holy spirit and then check back with them and see how they're doing all right so go ahead <laughs> thank you jesus who shoba okay now you know, there's just a there's a really good real rule for healing schools, and that's that when we ask how you're doing, you don't try to make us feel better because we're trying to make you feel better. Okay, the goal is that the person that's in sick that is in sickness or pain would feel better, not that the person that is praying would feel better. Okay, so don't lie in the name of Jesus. Don't exaggerate in the name of Jesus. That will not advance our healing ministry or our healing school. All right? But go ahead and check in with them now and see if there's any change or any difference. And you can... Uh, did anybody instantly have a change in their situation uh, when the person did the action of pulling the arrow? All right? Just check it out and see if there's, if there's any change or difference. Go ahead. Yeah? What happened? Yeah? Wow. And so what's happening right now then? You said you felt like, she said she felt like the minute we started talking about the arrow, it was like melting or dissolving from being exposed and that the pain has gone up into her neck and her eye to where she has trouble sleeping and things like that. So what happened? You said there was a change in your situation. Definitely. Yeah? Yeah, I don't, I don't feel the pain. I think I've just got so used to living with the pain that it's, oh, okay, yeah, it's not really there. It's not really no. there. Yes. And as Bill say, we call that healing. Yes. Yeah, That's awesome. Let's give the Lord a hand. That's awesome. Okay. How about over here? Did any, any change in your situation? Okay. Now, I will tell you that at times, like when we were praying for Christy, I felt like there was a second arrow or there was another thing. And so sometimes there can be something like that. So you might even want to just give another yank or, or, you know what I mean, perceive, oh, is there something else there? 
that I need. Now, don't let your imagination just kind of run crazy with you. Like, there's all kinds of things on your back, you know? Like you were attacked by a spirit, porcupine spirit or something, you know? It's like, I know those things can happen, but um, they're not the norm. So let's just, yeah. All right? So just do anything else that you may might feel the Lord leading you to do in this in this moment or in this exercise. And again, if it's not caused by an arrow, then this is probably not the thing that will bring the relief, but something else will bring the relief in that situation. So we're really thrilled to have this one. That's really powerful. All right? Anybody else experiencing any change or any? All right, well, let's give everybody a hand that tried this. Way to go. That's awesome to just step out. All right, so let's do this. Let's do a quick word of knowledge exercise. Okay, I've never had a word of knowledge before. Mm -hmm. Great. But what I've heard is ears, ears, like maybe somebody has like an earache or or they can't hear. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. The word is just ears. Awesome. And do you have any perception of, you know, who uh, male or female or what part they might be what part of the room they might be in or anything like that just I know this is your first time so this was a stretch for you just to do the ears that's awesome but was it was there any other perception with it um, I asked God um, if he could give me any more clues um, and I believe he says it's a female okay Great. All right. So a female with an ear condition, in a moment we're going to call you up, and if that's you, just come right over to her, and she's going to pray for you, okay? And what would you get? Um, I saw this in the spirit, but I think it's someone who has um, a sore foot or an uh, ankle, a right, and I think it's a female, and I think I have a name, but I'm not <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. Okay, hang on. We're, we're going to back up in just a moment. And that is, okay, if, uh, this is how we like to do words of knowledge. You know what I mean? Like if everything they said was exactly right, that's awesome and we totally go for it. But if she said pain in the right foot and think it's a woman and you have pain in your left foot and you're a man, it's like, that's close enough for a healing. Do you know what I'm saying? So you can, you can come on up and get that. But I do believe, I mean, listen, First timers, this is great. And stepping out, so we want to hear the name. So go for it. Um, Maria, Maria. Maria. Okay, so Maria, that's awesome. So we've got right foot or ankle. A woman, Maria, and you could see it. Could see it in the spirit. Okay, so in a moment again, we're gonna open up for you guys to come and respond to these different things. Uh, but let's keep going. Here we go. Yes, I feel the uh, the left side, the stomach under the rib, uh, feel pain. Uh, very, 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 very pain. Okay. All right. So left side of the stomach under the ribs, a strong pain there. Any other clues you had, or anything else that was that's very specific? But anything else? Okay. All right. Great. So if you have that condition, you're going to come up in a moment. Now, one of the things I love about word of knowledge, what God reveals, God heals. All right. So one of the purposes of word of knowledge is to release faith that God's pointing you out. God's calling you out. And, um, and so it really increases your faith to be healed. Okay. I got a right collarbone uh-huh. on the right side of the room and then the left knee over in this area. Okay. Right collarbone on the right side of the room, and then left knee on this side. 
Okay. Awesome. Here we go. What do you got? Allergy. Huh? Allergy. Allergy. Yeah. Female. Female. Female with allergies. All right. So if you're female with allergies, this is your lucky day. I got the eye, the ear, and the foot all on this side. Okay, the eye, the ear, and the foot on the left side. Yeah, same person. Same person? Eye, ear, and foot? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And uh, anything else? About them? Take a chance. I see it on your face. It looks like you got something else, but you're afraid to say. Got the color red, I don't know. Red, yeah. Don't hold back on us. All right. What else did you have? I got um, base of the skull headache and a female on that side of the room. Okay. Base of the skull headache, female, that side of the room. Here we go. We got two more. I see the picture is like a bow and uh, rain and storm and very dark. After a while, I see another picture. It's like the blue sky and the peace. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And did you have any other who that might be or what that situation might be? No. Okay. So if that picture is quickened to somebody, all right? She saw a bowl and a dark sky. Was that right? And raining and storm. And then you saw... Then I see another big picture. Uh-huh. Then you see the sunshine and the blue sky. Okay, sunshine and a blue sky. Okay, so if it's been like a real rainy, dark season in your life, and uh, could be depression, that kind of thing, and the Lord breaking depression, something like that, so you can come up and receive prayer. All right. Okay, I uh, got the impression that there's a woman with an injured wrist, and maybe this injury happened at work. And maybe they have red on. Maybe they have red on. Okay. All right. So what we're going to do now is we're going to give you the opportunity to come up and receive prayer. So how many of you, one of the things that was listed applied specifically to you? Raise your hand if something that was spoken, everything they said or or. Uh, yeah, applied specifically to you. So we have one over here, one over here, one over here, one over here, one over here. Awesome, guys. Great job. Okay. Now, how, how many of you, something that was said applied to you, but not all of it? All right. Raise your hand if something applied to you, but not all of what they said. Okay. Great. Great. That's even some more people. And how many of you, um, how many of you, oh, what was I going to say? Um, there was a there was a piece of it that applied to you and then definitely something that didn't apply to you. Like they said, woman and your man, that kind of thing. Okay. Um, if, if you have that, come on up. Or if they said right and you, yours is the left, you know, that kind of thing, you can come up as well. All right. So I want you to go ahead and come to the person that gave the word and let them pray for you. All right. Just let them release healing over you. Tell them what the situation is, how it matched. Uh, whatever they said. Look at that. Every single person had at least one. Come on, let's thank the Lord. That's awesome. Now let's stretch a hand out towards them. 
and just start releasing that healing virtue, that healing grace. That Father, what you what you reveal, you heal. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Just release your healing virtue over each one. Whew. Show. All right. Shoo. Thank you, Father. Show. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Wonderful. It's okay if you get healed before you get there. You can testify. (laughs) Thank you, Father. Praise you, Jesus. You know, uh, I think some others of you are getting words of knowledge now, like you're you're encouraged by what happened to these guys, and you're getting a word of knowledge. Are there some more words of knowledge we want to release? Come on up if you just got a perception of somebody else's need or pain. Uh, come on up. It's all right. We'll take a couple more. So anybody else who got a word of knowledge, you want to step out while these are being ministered to? It's okay. <laughs> or not. Yeah? Yeah? Well, um, I've had a cold all week. And so, yeah, the pressure feels a lot less when she took her, her hands. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. Bless you. Bless you. More, Lord. Whew. She wants another round. That was good. Make mine a double. That's good. Praise the Lord. All right, let's do this while they're ministering to them. Who has never had a word of knowledge and wants a release in the word of knowledge gift? All right? You've never had a word of knowledge before, but you want a release in your life of word of knowledge gift. Anybody Anybody want that? Yeah? Come on up. Praise the Lord. Anybody else? If you want to be part of this prayer, just come, on, come up, line right across the front here, and we'll just pray for you. If you've never had a word of knowledge before, but you earnestly desire that gift, if you just want to line right across here, just facing me, I'll pray for you. Yeah. But I do warn you, this is an activation school. Okay? <laughs> so, yeah. Wow. Okay. All right, so just put, your, just put your hands out in front of you like this, receiving from the Lord, and, um, and then just begin to ask him. Just say, Lord, I desire the gift of word of knowledge, and I acknowledge that you're the giver of every good and perfect gift. So I just begin to receive it from you right now. Words of knowledge, information that I couldn't otherwise know, I just receive it by the Spirit. <laughs> I'm going to come along and agree with you in just a moment. But don't wait for me. You ask the Lord yourself so that you know how to get things from the Lord yourself. And, uh, and then just begin to receive from Him this measure of, of word of knowledge right now. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Shoo. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. All right, just come on. Don't wait for me. Some of you are waiting for me. Just go ahead and ask him. 
you might want to ask him with your mouth, not just your heart. Okay? Ask him with your mouth. Say, Father, I receive word of knowledge. I ask you, I earnestly desire the word of knowledge. I believe you're the giver of every good gift, every perfect gift, so that I can minister to people, love on people. So I just receive this as a gift. In Jesus' name, then begin to receive. Just begin to receive from him. I'm just going to come along and agree with you. Okay, if you were in a back row and you didn't get prayed for, just come on up to the front here. You're already receiving from the Lord, right? And I'm just coming by and agreeing with you. Ha, ha, ha. Thank you, Father. All right. Shoo. Yeah. <laughs> Show. Oh. So, Father, we just ask you again for this word of knowledge gift, Lord, that we will be touched with the feeling of people's infirmities, that we be moved by compassion to pull people out of pain and to know where they hurt and how they hurt, identify with their pain so we can identify with their healing and their breakthrough. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Ha <laughs> ha. quickly let's see what time is it it's about time to stop uh let's just do this i don't believe in imparting these gifts and then not giving you an opportunity to step out in it so real quickly if you got a word after you asked for it or after we prayed with you to receive it uh come on up here and just share that word real quickly if you got a word of knowledge even if it's just a little little piece look at every single person that had a word of knowledge had someone come up and respond Let me ask this. How many of you that came up for prayer in response to a word of knowledge had uh, a change in your situation? Raise your hand if you had a change in your situation. Yeah, one, two, three. That's awesome. Four, five, six. Awesome. Yeah, that's wonderful. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise for that. So... Real quickly, if you got a word of knowledge, just kind of come on up. You don't have to give the backstory. Just what the word of knowledge is, and uh, and any information that might help us know who it is. Go ahead. Um, 
nosebleed, headache, and sinuses. Uh, okay, nosebleed, headache, and sinuses. Okay, so those things are probably uh, all connected in some severe form of allergy or or uh, dryness uh, in the sinus area. Anybody have that in here? Uh, come on, come on up right now. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, it's. It's really fun. What usually happens when we get a word of knowledge and we don't get a response publicly is one of two exciting things happens. Later on, somebody comes up to us and goes, that was me and I was just afraid to come up. Or uh, you have a great dinner appointment. Um, you go out to dinner or you go out from this meeting in between services and you, and you see that thing happen. So if it doesn't happen in a public meeting, it's usually an assignment that comes on you that'll even happen in that day. So does anybody have, uh, two of those three symptoms? All right. Rather than all three of them. Yeah. You have two. Why don't you just go back to where she is right there and just pray with her. Do you see her? She raised her hand right there. Okay, who else has a word of knowledge real quickly? Come on up. You prayed for it, and you got it. Um, vertigo or lightheadedness. Uh-huh. Okay. Lightheadedness. Did you have anything else with that? A male. A male. Okay. A lightheaded male. Uh, no. <laughs> An, a male airhead. No. You've had that dizziness. You've had that lightheadedness. Uh, first of all, are there any guys that have had that that want to respond to this? Um, all right, any any ladies? Because we were we were perceiving that it was all right. So it could be an assignment. Could be an assignment. Why don't you just stretch your hands towards her, Father? Just thank you for this word, Lord. We just believe for a divine appointment, even in this next. 24 hours, Lord God, that she would just see the opportunity to pray for somebody in this situation in Jesus' name. Amen. And give her a hand for stepping out. That's awesome. Okay, anybody else? Word of knowledge. You got one after we prayed for it, after we asked for it. Come on up real quickly. All right? You want to respond to it. The, the quicker you respond, the quicker that your acceleration of that gift, the quicker the acceleration of that faith. That's why I'm encouraging you to respond. Okay? Did you have one? It's a pinched nerve on the neck. Pinched nerve in the neck, yeah. And did you have any other clues or anything else? Okay, just pinched nerve in the neck. Anybody have that? Uh, they're here with a pinched nerve. Yeah, right back there. Okay, you can pray for this lady. All right, what did you have? I just felt something. Somebody has um, back pain. Okay, back pain and your and the lower back. Okay, right down there, the back pain and the lower back. Somebody have that need right there? Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Did you come up for that or did you come up? Okay. There you go. There you go. Anybody else have a word of knowledge real quickly? Yeah. Come on. Ha 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 ha. Somebody has a toothache and it's in the ear and through the jaw. Okay. Toothache that's gone up into the ear and down and down to the jaw yeah right back there there you go okay anybody else word of knowledge very quickly before we dismiss here in just a moment yeah okay still having something happen with her left eye and what's the sensation what do you i don't know um not really pain, but it's discomfort. Okay. Just discomfort, that left side, left eye, pumpiness, swelling, some kind of 
something tingling around that left eye. Anybody having something like that? Okay. Well, you're still getting it. You got it early. You're still getting it. So, Father, we thank you for an assignment, Lord, that during this break or in the next 24 hours, Lord, that there'll be someone that she meets that she gets to minister to. Lord, thank you that you... Uh, you give us things both for the moment and for the day, and we just bless that and thank you for it in Jesus' name. Yeah, praise the Lord. Okay, let me ask you a real quick question as we're dismissing. How many of you, when we prayed, you felt like the Lord told you or it was revealed to you or confirmed to you what your primary gift is when we prayed that first prayer right at the beginning of the class? Yeah, one, two, that's awesome. Three, that's great. Four, five, super. Six, that's yeah, that's great. So, a little more than half a dozen of you. Okay, how many of you, uh, how many of you are in that situation where you felt like your primary gift isn't healing, but you really have a passion for healing? Okay, raise your hand if you f- feel like your prime, like that may not be your primary gift, but it is a calling. It is a passion. Um, over your life. Yeah. So Father, over all these that have their hands in the air right now, we thank you that their gift can work in healing too. And we just release the, uh, the dimension of that gift into this whole healing area. Lord, that you would unpack it and show them in greater measure, Lord God, how that gift can flow in healing. And we also, God, ask that you would add other complementary gifts. And Lord, also just friendships and partnerships in the body that would increase the effectiveness and the dimensions of healing in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Amen. And how many felt like you got a new gift or a different gift today, even while we're talking about this or imparting word of knowledge? That How many had a, their first word of knowledge today? Raise your hand if you had your first word of knowledge you've, you've ever had. So we had one. Awesome. That's great. Okay. All right. Well, tonight um, we're going to be going after a ministry of healing. Remember that tonight uh, is an open meeting so people can come in. And uh, so many of you are going to want to be ready to practice some of the stuff you've learned today to stretch out in healing. And uh, let's just see some great miracles tonight. So God bless you. I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Brent.